welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav. Today is episode 41. We only have one more episode of the Colleen Hoover month, and I'm excited about today's, and I I don't know if I should say I'm excited about next week's, because next week we are going to be talking about It Ends With Us, and there's nothing really happy <laughs> Um, you thought that last week was like depressing and interesting and, and all the feelings next week's is pretty much just depressing until uh, like the very, very end. And then there's like hope and then it ends. So that's what we have to look forward to next week, (laughs) which I mean, if you've read, it ends with us, you know, that it is a heavy emotional book, like uh, before that book, I don't think I'd ever like sobbed in a book, but yes, just, you, you know, that's a, a flag. If you cry easily in a book or if you, I don't know, even if you don't cry usually in books, it's, it's very emotional. It's very raw. It's very heavy. Um, it talks a lot about a lot of different subjects that, usually we just don't talk about very like openly. Um, So yeah, if you want to read ahead, I definitely recommend it. But also if you don't want to, I will basically be telling you everything there is to know about that book next week. So that's something to look forward to. This week, we are going to be talking about Ugly Love, which this book has been in the top ratings for a while. I think with Colleen Hoover, I think her number one book right now is It Ends With Us and then it goes Ugly Love and then I think it's um, Verity and then I think November 9 is the fourth one. Uh, I can't remember what the fourth one is. But yeah, that's kind of like the rankings on the all the book websites that I've heard anyways. Um, which we've we've talked about all of them except for It Ends With Us. So we're kind of just going right along with the trends. So if your friends are talking about these books and you're just like, I'm just never going to read them, then these podcast episodes are perfect for you because I'm basically talking about them without you having to read them. So, I mean, you're welcome. Definitely recommend my podcast to others who uh, who don't want to read as well. So yes, this is with Ugly Love, and I'm going to say it's uh, it's the spiciest one that I've read from her so far. Um, the other ones, I feel like the spice goes in and out, and other things are, are more in the view and like has your focus throughout the book than the romance, but with this one, it's all romance, like all of it. It is just there. You read all about it. You read all about these two characters. And yeah, you're just in it. And so it it gets pretty spicy. Um, I would say it's about a 3.5 out of 5. I've definitely, definitely read spicier. And this one is spicy. It doesn't do like a lot of details, like like nitty gritty details, like what's happening. But like you get what's happening and and yeah, it's... uh, it's there. As for the mother-sister standard, I would say yes for my sister because I think she's, she would like this book. It's like the other books that we've read. And uh, I think she would like Colleen Hoover in general. 
And with my mom, probably not, just because it's just not her cup of tea, I don't think. She doesn't drink tea, but this is not her hot chocolate, (laughs) her cup of hot chocolate. So, I mean, it's fine. I don't know if I'd recommend it to mothers, but I would recommend it to sisters. As I was reading it, because I had never read it before, I definitely noticed a difference. Having read the other books first, uh, just a way that Colleen was writing, I, I noticed it differently in this book, like how she formatted things, like how the story went along, what the characters were like, if there was an actual twist in the story, which this one there kind of is, but more it's like you're just wondering like, oh my gosh, like what is this leading up to? Like what happened in the past? It's more like that instead of just like a whole plot twist, like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that coming. Like where did that, uh, it's not like that at all. Like the other three books that we read, honestly. So I was like, what is different about this? So I looked at the years that they came out. So this book actually came out in 2014. And when I looked at the other ones, I looked at It Ends With Us. That came out in 2016. Verity came out in 2021. And then November 9 came out in 2015. So I think it was between, I want to say it was like more November 9, because November 9 still had like a lot of romance, but there was like that plot twist at the end. So I want to say it was between 2015 and 2016, where I think Colleen Hoover changed her style of writing or how she wants to present the stories and what uh, what her worlds are like the her character building that's where I've seen the difference because in 2016 is where it ends with us comes out and that one has like I mean I don't know actually because it ends with us is more about the romance but that's where it starts to get really emotional um, and brings a lot of emotion and real life into these stories and really builds the character. So I think that's where it started evolving. Um, and then here we are, 2022, and we have Verity that came out last year, and that's just a whirlwind, you know? Like, are you still reeling from last week? Because I am. I can't stop thinking about it. Like, it is such a, a awesome but awful book. <laughs> like... And according to the husband, he is still thinking about it as well. Like, honestly, this the past couple of weeks, like since we did that episode, randomly we're like, oh my gosh, well, what about this? Well, I think maybe like, what about this? Like, yeah, I think she really did like do all those things. Like, I think a manuscript is real. And yeah, we just, we still talk about it because it was just so mind numbingly good. (laughs) I don't know if that even made sense, but you know what I'm saying? Like we're still reeling. It just, it took a lot out of us. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of the research that I, I found with like the different years. And, and so we're able to see the change in her writing. So with this book, there is, like I said earlier, there is a little bit of a twist, but it's mostly just like anticipation, um, building up to something that we, don't know happened um it is a bit predictable I'm I'm gonna be honest like the other ones I can say that I never predicted them I had no idea but this one I definitely predicted like definitely 
thought along the the right storyline um, of what actually did happen. So just be aware of that. Uh, and there's not a lot of background for the main female character. So how this story goes, there's the main female character, Tate, and she is in the present. And then we go to the main male character, Miles, but it's six years in the past for him. So we learn about Tate's future and a little bit, or sorry, we learn about Tate's present with Miles, like kind of, but we only see his view in six years ago, if that makes sense. So it's it's definitely interesting, um, the viewpoints and how he got to the way he is. Um, but yeah, we don't learn very much about Tate. We don't learn really about her background. We we learn like a little bit about her family. Like we know she has a brother and and two parents. And um, we'll get into a little bit more details in a in a couple minutes. But yeah, we don't really know her hardships. We don't really know anything deep about her. There's not a lot of character building. But with Miles. I can tell that he really is the main focus of the story because we we get the present him and his characters there, but also we see his entire past and how it's shaped to who he is today. So this book is based in California. I want to say it's San Francisco, um, but I can't remember. So like I talked about earlier, the main female character is Tate, and she is actually moving in with her brother, who is a pilot, and her dad is actually a pilot as well. And um, she is moving into him because she is going to school to get her master's in nursing. Um, So she's already graduated in nursing. She wants to get her master's because she wants to do like anesthesia. Yeah, she wants to do anesthesia and anesthesia. I don't know that word. You guys know I don't I don't do well with words. Uh, so yeah, she's doing that. So she's living with him just to make it easier. And she has all her luggage and everything. She goes up into the elevator. It's a very nice building. They have a doorman. His name is Cap. He's a very old, nice, kind man. Um, but she goes up. She is trying to find the apartment and she sees that there's this guy slumped against the door that she's supposed to get into, into her brother's apartment. Her brother's name is Corbin. And she's like, there is this guy. He's passed out. And so she tries to like wake him up and she can tell that he's just drunk. He's just out of his mind. So she's like trying to get around him. He won't move. So she calls her brother Corbin and she's like, hey, there's this drunk guy here. Like he is not moving. I don't know if he's like dangerous. I I don't know what's happening. And her brother's like, wait, what? Like we don't really have this kind of behavior here. So he's like, let me call my neighbor. He should be home. He'll come out and help you like get this guy away from here. And so they hang up. And then just a couple seconds later, like Corbin calls, he calls back and he's like, um, actually the guy that is at your door is my neighbor. And I'm going to need you to bring him in my apartment. And she's like, what? Because Corbin is gone. Like, he is on a flight. I don't know if he's currently on a flight or he's in between flights. Um, But he's like, yeah, you're going to have to bring him inside. He's not doing well. So she opens the door. She, like, drags Miles, which Miles is the neighbor and the drunk one. Um, She drags him and helps him get on the couch. And she's, like, trying to get all, all her stuff in. And... 
she realizes that he's making this noise and she's like, what is happening? So she goes up to him and she realizes that he's, he's sobbing. He's just crying. And he's saying, I'm so sorry, Rachel. I'm so sorry. And she's like, I'm not Rachel, but he, he just keeps sobbing. So she like pats him on the back and just kind of like lets him hold her basically, because I mean, what else do you really do? He's, He's out of his mind drunk. He's sobbing. So she just kind of like helps him and, and gets him food and and, a, and some water. So then the next chapter, it's six years earlier. So this is where we, we learn more about Miles. Um, and he is a senior in high school. And he had to go to the office for something. I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, but then the principal or the I think it was a front desk girl. I don't know. It's whatever with details. Uh, say like, hey, we have a new girl here. Uh, she is in your class. Will you escort her to class, basically? And so he looks, and and it's this girl named Rachel. And he instantly knows that he is going to love her. And he's going to fall in love with her. He's going to make her fall in love with him. Like, he's instantly, like, smitten, instant love. And so he is just like... He's awkward about it, but they get along really great. He takes her to class, and that week they just kind of are obsessed with each other, um, and they kiss, and it's cute. So later that week, uh, his dad sits him down and says, like, hey, I, I know it's been about a year since your mom died. His mom died of cancer. Um, she had cancer for a couple years um, and she, she died the previous year. And so he sits him down and says like, Hey, it's been a year. Um, I met this woman that I have been dating and I really want you to meet her. She just moved here from Arizona. And of course, Miles is not that happy. He's like, um, my mom died. Like, okay. So he doesn't really like his dad a lot. So his dad's like, yeah, she is coming over for dinner tonight. And they're like, okay, I'll, I'll meet her. So Miles meets her at the door, says hi, meets them, whatever. So she moves to go into the door, and Miles realizes that someone is behind her. And the woman is like, oh, here, like, this is my daughter, Rachel. And it is the Rachel. And they look at each other, and they're like, oh, no. So they are not going to tell their parents. They're not going to tell anyone that they're basically dating while their parents are dating. And he's basically already like in love with her. Uh, so there's a little snapshot of him and Rachel. So back to Tate. The next morning, um, she gets up and, and starts making breakfast and Miles gets up and um, starts asking a little bit, like a couple questions about him. He's very, very like withdrawn and very, I think he's probably embarrassed, um, but he it just is very silent and just kind of like stares and doesn't answer like any of her questions. Um, but she does find out that Miles and Corbin actually went to flight school together and that's how they met. And like their neighbors, they're both, yeah, they're both pilots. They're really good friends. Um, and they have it like a game night with a couple other pilots every Wednesday. And even from like the get go, there's a lot of sexual tension, but she can't get a read on him. Uh, she honestly, like she doesn't know what's going through his head, which nobody really knows what's going through people's head, but you can kind of read people 
Like he never smiles. He doesn't flirt. He doesn't laugh. It's like he has this constant armor. And so she's intrigued. Six years earlier, Miles and Rachel want to be together, of course. Like they are basically in love as teenagers. And they are telling each other like, hey, in seven months, we're going to college. Like she is going to Michigan. He's going somewhere else in, I think, California. And they have seven months. And then that's a good time to just end it. Like they'll be totally fine. They're not going to tell anyone. Okay, so go back to Tate. And the next week, there's just a lot of sexual tension still whenever she's around Miles. At one point, her and Miles are in an elevator together and he kisses her. And he tells her, don't let me do that again. It was that night that there was a game night and the guys are kind of teasing him and she's on the couch doing homework. And um, they ask like, how long has it been since he's been in with a girl basically? And, and we find out that it's been six years since he had a girlfriend or even kissed a girl or had sex. Uh, later that night, he invites Tate over kind of like secretly. So she goes over and they decide to have this sex relationship, basically like just sex and like benefits, no friends, nothing. That's all it is. And he said, I have two rules. Uh, don't ask about my past and never expect a future. She just nods. She doesn't question it because she basically just wants to be around him. Like he's he has like this magnetism about him that she's just drawn in. And she's like, okay, like I can do that. Like I just want the toast as well. Six years previous, first thing we find out Rachel is pregnant. They're still in high school. So she tells him that she's pregnant. He doesn't freak out. He's excited. He's like, okay, we're going to figure this out. Like, I'm a responsible person. Uh, we're going to be going to college. So he finds out all the possibilities, like family housing, campus child care. He's all in. He loves her. He loves this child already. They're going to figure out. Their parents still don't know that they're together, but they're going to figure it out. So back to Tate. Miles is just giving her a lot of mixed signals and emotions and she really tries her best not to get her hopes up, but just like things he says, kind of like a possessiveness that he has about her and a jealousy almost when she's around other people and just like just things he says, like a sweetness about him that she's like, no, I can't get my hopes up. Like, I can't hope for a future. I don't want him to give me hope for a future. Uh, her brother still doesn't know. And they, they kind of want to keep him like that. And one night after they had been making toast, um, it was just kind of a weird moment afterwards, like just how he was treating her. And it just wasn't kind of, not that it wasn't respectful, but it just wasn't what she wanted. And he, he kind of seemed upset. So she asked him like, why or how did she upset him? And he tells her, like, my issues aren't because of anything you did or didn't do. And she's like, okay, well, that doesn't really solve anything. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and then, yeah, like the jealous behavior. So a, a little bit later in the week, um, she has her study partner come over and it's a guy and, and Miles sees that he's there. And then like three hours later, once they're done studying, he the guy leaves. And so then Miles comes over and he's like, 
who was that? Why was he there for three hours? And she's like, you have no right to ask this of me. Like, don't give me that. And so he kind of like, there's just a lot of sexual tension. He starts kissing her. They kind of like, kind of go crazy. Um, and they didn't realize that Corbin had come home. He found them and he's obviously upset and he asks how long and she says a while and he looks over at Miles and says, do you love her? And Miles says, no. And he and Corbin asks, are you at least planning on it? And Miles says, no. Corbin is like, you need to get out. So Miles leaves. Um, Later that night, Tate goes over to Miles's place because they live right across the hall from each other. So she goes over. um, They're kind of just silent. And Miles tells her that what he said to Corbin was true. He he'll never love anyone again. Um, It doesn't feel worth it to him. Uh, but he's being unfair to her and messing with her head. And so she's basically at a standstill, like, he can't love me. I want to love him. I want to be a part of his life, but this is the only way how I can do it. And she's just very confused. So she has a good relationship with the doorman, like, down in the lobby. His name is Cap, very old guy. Um, So she asks him, like, what do you think? think would make a man never want to experience love again and he says you know what I suppose if a man lived through the ugliest side of love he might never want to experience it again which it makes sense like why would you want to put yourself through that heartbreak again if you've just experienced it basically like you don't want to put yourself through that again I just can't imagine what it is I mean I've had like heartbreaks Don't get me wrong, but they were like little high school ones and a couple like little ones in college, but nothing like major. So I can't really relate to someone that has gone through a major heartbreak. I'm sure it's devastating, just devastating. Like even just imagining it, like having, I mean, having been in a relationship for 10 years now, I can't even imagine if it were to end, like, what I would feel. Um, It's basically your half of my, actually, it's almost a third of my life now has been with one person. And for that to be over, it's like a death in my life. Like, uh, just a third of me died. And that's something that I can't really think about because it's just, I feel for the people that have had major heartbreak or even just heartbreak in general it's not a good feeling and I just I feel for anyone who's going through that right now or who has gone through that books help to be honest books help me with any strong emotion that I'm feeling Um, if I want to escape an emotion I read a book so that's that's my advice if you're going through a very strong emotion that you just want an escape for a little bit pick up a good book I definitely recommend it. Okay, so (laughs) now that we talked about that, um, so she goes back up um, after talking to Cap, and she finds Miles there, and they make toast. They kind of make up for the little argument that they had. He, He asks her, like, afterwards, like, why are you doing this with me? Because, I mean, do you think that I'll change my mind? Because you think maybe there's a chance that I'll fall in love with you? 
And he's like, I can't, Tate. I can't do that. And she asks him why. She wants to know, like, genuinely. And, and they have a big argument. And and that's when he kind of has a big breakdown. And he says, like, what have I done to you? Like, what have I done? I shouldn't have led you on. I shouldn't have caused you to go through these emotions. Um, and he cries. And she's honestly terrified to know what he went through to cause him to be like this. Um, so it, it jumps back to six years. And Rachel just had their little baby boy. And they're in the hospital. Um, they were two days in the hospital just making sure that everything is fine. And they're actually on their way home. They have all these big plans and they are driving when they realize that these lights are not on the correct side of the road. And a truck actually runs into the car and knocks the car off the bridge. And he is able to undo the seatbelt, but he is not able to undo Rachel or the babies very easily. And so Rachel is screaming at him to save the baby. And he tries, but he wants to save her as well. So he's able to get her out. And by that time, there has been help that's coming down. And so she, he gives her to the whoever is helping. And he tries to get the baby out, but it's too late. And so he's able to get out. And so unfortunately... Two days had passed since they had the baby, and the baby passed away in the car. So that's really heavy. And of course, they're young. They, I mean, even if you aren't young and have lost a baby, it's heartbreaking. And again, I haven't gone through that, but my heart goes out to those who have. And I can only imagine what it's like to barely have a baby and then that baby taken away from you. So Rachel blames him, like, you should have saved the baby. You shouldn't have saved me. You should have saved the baby. And she she has a really hard time with transitioning, just just getting back to her normal self. So she decides to go back to Phoenix with her mom um, where she grew up. And so this is when Miles really goes through, like, kind of a depressive couple days, just really thinking about, what he went through, why he feels the way he does, how Tate makes him feel, and just a lot of emotions. And I thought this was really interesting, so I'm going to kind of read it to you. Like It's a little summary of it, but it says, Ugly love consumes you, makes you hate it all, makes you realize that all the beautiful parts aren't even worth it. Without the beautiful, you'll never risk feeling this. You'll never risk feeling the ugly. So you give it up. You give it all up. You never want love again, no matter what kind it is, because no type of love will ever be worth living through the ugly love again. The <laughs> he went through the ugly love. He went through the ugly parts of losing the love and having to go through all those emotions. That's the ugly love. And he doesn't want to go through any of it again. And so he's given up love altogether. And so he he talks to um, a good friend and they basically tell him, like, you need to confront your past. And they say, like, Tate made you feel that she made you feel like a real person again, that you had feelings that maybe you could love again. 
Like you, you need to figure out where you are. So we find out, I mean, we know that Rachel went back to Phoenix, but we find out like she's still alive. She is actually remarried and she actually has a child. And so he hasn't talked to her since she moved. Um, and so they have a really great talk. Like they reconnect. She tells him everything that he is feeling is valid, that she went through it and how she got through it and how she is doing now and how he can get through it. And she is guessing like, you're coming to me talking about this because you found your person. And this is how I got through feeling how I was and, and different steps that she took. So it was a very good realization for him and just to be able to confront what he was still going through, that he can move on but still miss them and miss the experience and, and miss everything like that. Um, and so now he's like, I can do this. Like, I want to be with Tate. So he does find her. Um, by that time, she had moved out of like her brother's place. She had found her own place, and um, and he was he was able to find her through her brother. And she's like, "What are you doing here?" And the first thing he says was, "I miss you." And she's like, "Whoa, he's feeling something. He's telling me his emotions. He's uh, missing me. Like, what what is happening?" And he then sits her down and tells her all about his childhood, um, all about the baby, all about Rachel, just everything. He tells her the day that she met him, why he was so like just out of his mind. It was actually the day his son would have been six years old. They just continue to talk about everything. And he says, can you make me a promise? And she says, yes. And he says, promise me I can have your future. I just, I love that. And there's like the, always the quotes that Colleen Hoover has throughout these books that I just, I love. And so the one that I love the most that will wrap all this up is it's all worth it. It's the beautiful moments like these that make up for the ugly ones. And I truly believe that. Um, yes, we, we do go through tough times and we go through ugly love, but the beautiful moments that we share with family or friends or even by ourselves, like the little victories, they're beautiful and they're worth it. And I'm grateful for you guys. And I can honestly say making this podcast are my beautiful moments. I love doing this podcast. Even if like it's just one person listening, hi mom, I'm glad you're listening. It's worth it because I, I just love talking about these books. I love when the husband is on these episodes, so it's like more of a conversation. And please like and subscribe this podcast and definitely follow me on Instagram. I would appreciate it so, so much. It's find me in a book podcast and there's a period between each word. Let's just keep doing this. I'm excited. Um, I am almost at my year mark. I am, let's see, 11 episodes away. I'm at 41 and it will be for 52 at a year. Yeah, so it'll, it's coming up and I think I want to do a giveaway when um, the year mark is here. I think that would be fun. So definitely tell me your thoughts and feelings about this book. It was definitely more raw and emotional. Um, 
than like kind of twisty story wise. So definitely let me know your thoughts. Um, but again, I'm grateful for you and I'll talk to you later. 